this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another episode of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath the reserve bank of india has imposed major restrictions on the operations of paytm payments bank limited it has directed paytm payments bank to stop accepting deposits or top ups in customer accounts wallets fast tags and other instruments after february 29th an rbi circular has stated that this action follows an audit report and a compliance validation report by external auditors which revealed quote unquote persistent non compliances and continued material supervisory concerns in the bank warranting further supervisory action unquote and media reports have also indicated that there were money laundering concerns and questionable dealings worth hundreds of crores of rupees between the paytm wallet and the banking arm of the group and in the latest development which happened yesterday the paytm founders have written to the rbi governor and the finance minister asking them to reconsider the action taken against them so what exactly is paytm accused of what does the rbi action mean for paytm for the fintech sector for ordinary users and what does a robust regulatory framework for the digital payments ecosystem look like we discuss all these questions and more in this episode and we have with us shrikant lakshmanan of cashless consumer a consumer collective that works on fintech shrikant thank you so much for joining us and welcome to in focus thanks for having me here sampal so shrikant i was wondering uh, to start with if you can decode for us in layman's terms when the rbi circular everybody has seen it's all gobbledygook i mean even to me so in layman's terms what action does the rbi uh, what is the meaning of the rbi action against paytm and the timing of it can you just explain it for us yes sampal so just to give a uh, prior context the previous rbi actions have been on regular banks uh, where people were say restrained from uh, taking their deposits like in the case of the uh, pmc bank or, or so and many other cooperative banks uh, which rbi puts into action but unlike those in this case uh, rbi uh, has allowed customers to take back their money and uh, only prevent Uh, any other uh, top ups or credits into the accounts uh, held with uh, both the paytm wallet and the payments bank account across instruments as you said uh, and uh, this only uh, and the crucial difference here is that payments bank by design are not allowed to lend money so uh, any money that's there in the uh, payments bank account is uh, by design uh, within the banking system Uh, invested in some other uh, commercial bank and then uh, it is supposed to be returned uh, as is so that's the reason why uh, consumers are allowed to withdraw and uh, use the account until the balance uh, exists but no new uh, top ups are allowed uh, across uh, any of the accounts uh, operated by uh, paytm wallet or payments bank and uh, this they say uh, is after uh, a series of 
uh, audit observations and material supervisory concerns without actually uh, elaborating on them. And what we've uh, heard is uh, several media reports uh, on claims of money laundering and so on. As for the timing, uh, the uh, uh, this has been like on and off with not just Paytm uh, but uh, a variety of fintechs, uh, payment aggregators, especially on onboarding new customers, and including uh, for that matter, uh, uh, I think even a, a large scheduled uh, commercial bank was also restrained on its digital platforms uh, from expanding uh, prior. Uh, to having RBI confirm that it's in line with uh, the uh, regulations. So uh, this has been uh, a case on a variety of digital offerings of not just, let's say, fintechs, but banks of all sizes, uh, where uh, RBI restrains uh, the regulated entity from expanding uh, the scope or adding the customer base. Uh, citing to put in place uh, safeguards or have have the system uh, audited before expansion. And this has already happened in the case of Paytm uh, several times. And uh, I think now uh, as, as a further escalation to that uh, series of actions, they have now imposed this uh, one could say sanction uh, across uh, their accounts. Right. You, you just mentioned, Srikant, that this has uh, happened with Paytm several times before. So, so can you talk a little bit about like what, what, what was the action taken against Paytm last year? I think in October something happened and then uh, in 2022, March also something was happened. So, they keep uh, breaking uh, whatever rules and regulations they're supposed to follow and then uh, some action is taken and then they go on doing it. I mean, is, is that uh, how it's been? Just to kind of uh, break that down, uh, uh, there are several instruments and uh, some of these earlier restraints were on one or the other uh, specific instrument, uh, like specifically in the case uh, that you mentioned, the March 2022 uh, restraint was uh, creating new payment bank accounts. Uh, and the uh, October 2023 restraint was on offering payout services by their subsidiary uh, Paytm Payment Services Limited. I think this is basically uh, the entity that offers merchant payout services uh, online or POS uh, to various merchants. And they were th- this entity was restrained from again adding uh, new uh, customers. Uh, and uh, the earlier ones, like right, right from 2018, have always been on... Uh, KYC uh, and these were like lifted on and off and in between there were uh, issues around uh, wallet KYCs and RBI's approach towards wallets in general. Yeah, the uh, earlier instances were basically on specific uh, instruments. Say for one, one could say, for example, like uh, their fast tag until recently, uh, I think a week earlier than the RBI action, the uh, Indian highway management uh, company that uh, operates FastTag kind of restrained Paytm from issuing new tags. And, but before that, there hasn't been any action on, say, like the FastTags issued by Paytm. So the issues uh, or the earlier regulatory actions were on specific uh, uh, instruments, whereas the current one is across the board, eventually to kind of, uh, say, 
putting the entire entity at risk. Uh, and uh, it, it's important to note that there is very little public information as to uh, why each of these restraints were put in place by the Reserve Bank, uh, where we only have, like, uh, let's say, a very high-level uh, wording like material supervisory concerns uh, or, let's say, a fine amount but uh, without going into the details as to what really is the issue was right i mean uh, you when I mean, you are right about you know this high level uh, wording without giving us too much detail but but, but we do seem to have some amount of uh, detail I and mean, i just want to mention two things uh, which everybody is talking about uh, with regard to this action one of course is that hundreds of accounts uh, were created uh, in this Paytm bank without proper identification, uh, which uh, which I find really strange because I mean even uh, someone like me or most of us I mean when we go do regular banking with whichever normal bank, state bank of India, whatever, there's so much pain doing KYC and this document, get that document, and here you have hundreds of accounts created without proper identification. Number one, number two, the total value of transactions running into hundreds of crores, crores of rupees was beyond the regulatory limits of minimum KYC prepaid instruments. I mean, I don't understand what exactly is uh, minimum KYC prepaid instruments. Are there like degrees of KYC, minimum, medium, maximum? I had no idea that was the case. Maybe you can explain that. And secondly, how serious are these two uh, kinds of uh, deviations? I mean, uh, and what do we have in place with regard to them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to answer your question, yes, there is actually a minimum, medium and maximum uh, KYC levels. Uh, uh, While you mentioned about the KYC process being tedious uh, with respect to the normal banks, uh, there have been uh, like digital solutions uh, in some sense pioneered by Paytm, but also uh, widely adopted by other banks as well. There are probably like a dozen or odd banks which today offer digital account opening. So the first level or the minimum KYC is uh, where you just download the app. Uh, it's it's an OTP verification that happens, and uh, you give uh, uh, and that lets you operate uh, with up to rupees ten thousand. And then the medium level is uh, you additionally do a uh, eKYC based on Aadhaar or uh, some something like that which gives you uh, uh, or, or any digital mode of KYC where it's still uh, you might be doing some video call or, or, or something like that additionally. Uh, and this gives you a limit up to 1 lakh uh, per uh, account, but only for a period of one year. Upon completion of one year, RBA insists, uh, or this is basically coming down from the uh, Prevention of Money Laundering Act, it is that uh, there has to be something known as in-person verification, which means that uh, somebody else has to physically see you uh, and then do the KYC. So, And this will eventually give the same amount of 1 lakh, but then you are allowed to continue after a year. So this is like the maximum KYC. And most the traditional banks usually had only zero or maximum KYC, but we now have like a layered uh, digital offerings where the minimum and medium are uh, online uh, where you just download the app and do it yourself and nobody else is there to kind of uh, verify or even if there is a video call it's typically like uh, some uh, 
facial recognition slash uh, machine learning algorithms, which basically do some checks. And yeah, so to answer your question, so these are the varying KYC levels. Uh, but now the action that's uh, being reported as red flag in the audit report is that uh, they have been uh, permitted uh, transactions of several hundred crores for a minimum uh, KYC prepaid instrument. Now, typically prepaid instrument, the values that you can load on a wallet and, and transact uh, are like uh, fixed as in like 10,000 or 20,000 or 1 lakh. Uh, but what probably uh, could have happened is essentially they, they uh, continued with the minimum or uh, medium KYC well beyond the one year without uh, closing the account because as per again the KYC norms, if it's more than a year, there has to be an in-person verification. And over here, uh, again, one can say particular to Paytm, Paytm has something like a KYC point which is nothing but like a local recharge shop or a mobile phone shop where people have to go in person and, and verify. And uh, there have been instances of, uh, let's say, KYC fraud uh, at, at these points as well. And there have been a bunch of shops where which have been terminated as KYC points and Paytm itself puts it on their website. And, and so this basically add an additional level of check with this in-person verification. Uh, and there have been issues surrounding that, uh, and not specifically for Paytm, but uh, for a wide, uh, wider institutions which offer these digital KYCs. And now the uh, other question, uh, uh, the other observation of uh, total transactions running into hundreds of crores. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 you, if you have this kind of minimum KYC in place, isn't there like a software thing or a systemic thing which automatically automatically prevents somebody from doing crores of transactions on a minimum KYC? Is it like a discretionary, like somebody sitting there will allow you to do crores of transactions when the KYC is minimum? Right, right. So, so there, so in in, uh, in theory, uh, but we don't know in practice. There was indeed somebody there doing this kind of flipping, but it's highly unlikely, though. Uh, but in theory, that the software controls how much you could add if your KYC limit is X, which is like ten thousand, twenty thousand, or a lakh. You cannot add more than that. Uh, but what probably uh, this one one way of reading the statement could be that. Uh, say several thousand or say several lakhs of users on minimum KYC trans, uh, or what could possibly say uh, several ten lakhs of users uh, transacting even let's say ten thousand would kind of go into hundreds of crores and that probably was uh, like some kind of uh, summary reportage that came out of the media reports so that's one way of reading that number hundreds of crores but on, on this very aspect, right? Like if the total value of transaction ran into hundreds of crores, it is okay if, if that goes into, let's say, several uh, lakhs of accounts uh, split by the KYC limits. But then uh, it's highly unlikely that uh, they kind of go in from a single account. And if they did, then that's a violation of Money Laundering Act again and ED has to come into uh, the picture. And uh, I think yesterday or, or the day before, Paytm confirmed that there has been no 
action from the ed uh, on, on them yet uh, but it's important to note that uh, there were uh, ed raids uh, that have happened in ptm in 2022 uh, and sometime probably in 2019 as well uh, related to the uh, gambling apps and uh, chinese loan apps and how proceeds of those uh, crimes uh, or the uh, loan apps and gambling apps were uh, routed via Paytm to other uh, offshore uh, entities or persons. No, uh, Shrikant, just just one simple uh, question. Like, if if there is a, a transaction limit on a minimum KYC account, which is say ten thousand or one lakh, what? How could that be exceeded uh, at all? Right, it, it it cannot be. It it cannot be. Is is the simple state answer? Uh, but uh, what we need to kind of see is where these minimum KYC accounts uh, opened with at least the minimum details that they require, which is basically the mobile number and uh, an ID card uh, of any type. And uh, there have been, and we've seen uh, other cases of other entities doing. Uh, KYC irregularities where like somebody else's PAN card or Aadhaar card gets shared and there are accounts or say loan accounts opened in uh, in one case of a different entity. So these are generic KYC problems um, and that get compounded if you have only a digital offering. Uh, like say in the case of Paytm Bank, which does not really have a branch capability as like by design and they only have these KYC points with, which are basically agents uh, manning them and, and so the quality of kyc can vary based on these factors and we don't know like uh, what the audit report kind of found uh, in the quality of the kyc of uh, say possibly several hundred or thousands of accounts and the number could just be like uh, the cumulative transactional value spread across these accounts which the audit found was probably lacking proper KYC. Right. And one of the things uh, uh, which which has come out is that there are more than 1,000 uh, wallets, ATM wallets linked to one PAN number. I mean, uh, is, isn't there a mechanism or isn't it like obvious that action can be and should be taken against whoever is the holder of that one PAN number? It's very clear that, you know, this, is, this person has uh, uh, done something that is not uh, correct. Right. Uh, and But this kind of gets into the larger problem of uh, PAN number and PAN number based identification slash KYC itself. Uh, as I mentioned, there have been other cases of uh, misuse of PAN uh, by fraudsters uh, and victims of identity theft are actually being uh, siphoned off their PAN and being used by many others without even the holder of the PAN knowing them. Uh, but unlikely uh, that this could have happened, uh, especially without, let's say, reportage, because by design, Paytm is also a regulated entity under the PMLA, and it's supposed to have notified, uh, firstly, prevented, uh, but uh, even if uh, it didn't prevent, it should have notified uh, the enforcement directorate as per the systems put in place for the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. And there has to be uh, some kind of an AD investigation on this. But from what we've heard is that the AD has not uh, acted on Paytm yet. Uh, but this could possibly be changing. Right. The AD has not uh, acted yet. 
that's very interesting now paytm's founder shrikant they have written to the rbi and the fm asking them to reassess quote and quote the proportionality of restrictions that have been imposed on paytm and they have cited uh, concerns such as potential impact on the payments bank the potential impact on the fintech ecosystem and the impact on the broader economy etc so how valid is this uh, suggestion that the rbi action is quote and quote excessive is it excessive it's it, it kind of depends on the prism uh, I, i would say that the rbi has restrained from acting on uh, several of these issues and, and as i mentioned uh, it it kind of kept a kind of a, a silence and delay uh, the problem uh, by imposing just sanctions on say new account signups and this is not just happened for ptm but has like i mentioned in the start this happened across uh, several banks of all sizes where the rbi's restraint was only on adding new customers and this has happened across payment aggregators uh, wallets digital offerings of large banks uh, where rbi says that pending uh, so and so audit or slash uh, pending further orders uh, the entity is asked to not add any users to the digital offering now what it does is it doesn't actually Uh, like restrict put a restraint on the current operations so in some cases the entities are uh, kind of the status quo continues where the entity continues to operate uh, serves the existing customers which in itself is a, like a very large customer base so the entity does not feel uh, uh, like uh, incentivized to act on uh, any uh, observations or put in checks and balances and without these checks and balances the Uh, uh like in the case of say kyc or uh, uh addressing uh, frauds and these are some of the like problems that uh, are uh, are risks that are involved in these digital uh, uh fintechs uh, or the digital offerings of banks themselves but rbi's refusal to kind of uh, do an active regulation in the space and uh, and by and large rbi has been uh been a proponent of self regulation by uh, the entities themselves or self regulation by an industry body and has uh, not regulated for the problems and uh, at some point uh, the problems become so large that the only action that rbi had uh, can afford to take is to kind of put a complete stoppage uh, like it has done in the case of ptm so one would kind of if one sees this uh from a consumer's sense uh like this could be like uh the excessive action is uh, largely due to the delay uh, caused by the inaction in the previous years but if one could see from a like a fintech or an industry perspective they could see that these measures are harsh and there could be like a layered uh sense of actioning but there are there are merits to both these arguments uh but i think rbi should come forward with a more transparent and uh uh structured problems around these uh, digital offerings be it kyc or a fraud or money laundering and kind of address them instead of like putting restraints or putting mild restraints such as adding new, preventing from adding new customers and then like one fine day come uh, with a big bang and do this action
Right. I mean, that's really well explained, uh, uh, Srikant. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I think you've established pretty clearly that this action, whether it is excessive or not, is actually a consequence of uh, RBI's refusal to actively regulate this space and relying more on self-regulation. And then one fine day, uh, it's been uh, forced to act in this way. But nonetheless, uh, I mean, you, you were speaking of uh, whether uh, they have incentives, you know, uh, entities like PTM to put in place checks and balances now despite this action from the rbi saying you can't uh, not have uh, new accounts being opened etc paytm can still continue with its other operations it can continue with loan distribution it can continue with insurance distribution it can continue its equity broking business and it can also continue with its offline merchant payment network offerings like paytm qr paytm soundbox Paytm card machine where it can onboard new offline merchants as well. So it, it can continue with a lot of its other businesses uh, worth hundreds of crores of rupees. So, I mean, we had certain uh, concerns which we discussed about, you know, Paytm Bank not following certain RBI norms, you know, for deposits, etc. And which is what got this action in the first place. Now, these very same uh, concerns about KYC, you know, thousands of crores going through minimum KYC accounts, all those kinds of, uh, you know, due diligence not being uh, carried out. Are those concerns not applicable to these other operations which Paytm is now uh, allowed to do? So, uh, like, one could split this into two parts, right? So, one is on the other businesses that Paytm operates, let's just say equity broking or insurance distribution. These are regulated by say, the IRDA and SEBI, and uh, they are unconnected with the payments bank per se. And uh, while there could be uh, some degree of uh, commonality between these, but uh, the KYC norms, let's say, vary from from, from having a payments bank wallet or a payments bank account to, let's say, having a brokerage account uh, and so on. So uh, there there could be uh, differences in them or it's up to those regulators to kind of see now that Paytm has had issues by one flagged by one regulator, are there like issues there? And it's up to those regulators to kind of see where, uh, like if there are any issues with Paytm uh, on, on their uh, sector. But on the other side, on the payment products itself, on, on say QR or Soundbox or a POS machine, I, I think what Paytm is trying to uh, uh, convey to its users is that that they would switch to a different nodal uh, bank and they would basically be a distributor for any other bank which is offering and in which case uh, though the processes might remain same but because of the newer bank which would kind of partner with Paytm knows about these issues uh, the expectation is that uh, whichever bank uh, from now on partners with Paytm would kind of put in additional processes slash checks in place to kind of prevent these uh, uh, concerns that RBI has and uh, it, it's it's very likely that uh, no other bank at this point of time would kind of tie up with Paytm without having these additional checks and balances. So that's that's the hope. Uh, and in in this process, Paytm basically loses the exclusivity of uh, its customer base because now 
I mean, till uh, till this RBI action, the uh, Paytm users uh, of let's say these payment products of QR, Soundbox, and so on were uh, kind of uh, the exclusive uh, consumers of Paytm. And whereas post this action, and uh, if if we did to, if we go by what Paytm says that they would partner with some other bank, then those consumers would essentially become consumers of that partner bank and not Paytm exclusively. So Paytm's uh, value proposition is, uh, would, would kind of be altered uh, by this and, and say whichever bank is partnering them uh, would, would kind of have uh, the business value from them and they are also expected to put in, let's say, these additional checks to kind of satisfy RBI. Otherwise, the RBI could then again come back and say that uh, it, it's still uh, not workable. So, And in no bank, let's say no other uh, larger bank would risk itself in, into uh, getting into that situation. Right. I mean, um, you're saying that the IRD and SEBI are the regulatory uh, authorities for these other operations of Paytm. So uh, it's their call. I mean, one does hope that, you know, uh, these uh, these regulations and uh, enforcements don't fall between two stools, you know, between two different or three different regulatory authorities thinking this this person, this entity will regulate this and I'm going to regulate only this. Anyway, coming to uh, one final question, Srikan, before I let you go, we've discussed the entire uh, Paytm saga at, in some detail in this podcast. So just... Uh, as a, on a final note, I was just wondering, where does India stand really, you know, in terms of a robust regulatory framework for the fintech sector? Because you spoke about uh, self-regulation. I mean, can you give me an example of any industry where self-regulation is like exemplary? Where has it ever worked? I mean, we keep coming back to self-regulation. But as a, as a consumer, you know, I would also like to self-regulate. Don't ask me for KYC 20 times a year, you know. So where does this self-regulatory framework come into the picture? And, and, and what are the, say, three or four things you would like to see in place uh, in, as a regulatory mechanism for the digital uh, payments fintech sector? Yeah, so um, like broader question on self-regulation, uh, I, I would say that the the preference for let's say the regulator to kind of let the industry self-regulate is basically doing a trade-off between um, growth slash investments into that sector by industry and kind of uh, hedging that against uh, issues of consumer protection and, and so on. And the regulator seems to kind of uh, be in the side of having growth uh, or having a preference to growth but uh, there are some cases where self-regulation uh, currently even within RBI uh, say the microfinance sector is self-regulated we've seen harms prior to the self-regulation and even after the self-regulation no what, what is prior to self-regulation prior to self-regulation is self-regulation right no, prior to self-regulation is uh, a case which is like no regulation. So, which is where like if you, so uh, where, when the sector is very new, right? Like we've seen this in microfinance as well, like when uh, like early 2000s when microfinance was new in India, the sector was largely unregulated and we saw that uh, lead to a series of uh, pharma suicides in 2009 due to a microfinance crisis in Andhra Pradesh and that led to RBI forming this preference to a self-regulation and uh, 
technically, uh, for the last decade, microfinance in India is self-regulated by the industry. Uh, but that hasn't uh, stopped the industry from having episodes of uh, uh, having issues of consumer protection or uh, other, let's say, uh, issues around the sector. Uh, the, 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 so that's the preference on self-regulation. Uh, and uh, it's up to, let's say, uh, parliament to kind of question the regulator as to what's the role of a regulator if industries do self-regulation. So, I mean, in one sense, the, the parliament should hold the RBI in account uh, as to what's the role of RBI if industry is going to self-regulate. Uh, and so these kind of questions need to come up and kind of draw a line as to what should be the bound. In fact, uh, there is an ongoing uh, consultation paper by the RBI on the broader realms of self-regulatory framework uh, across, uh, and there was one that concluded self-regulatory uh, paper on self-regulation for the fintech sector, and now there is a broader paper on self-regulation uh, in in the banking space itself. Uh, and these are consultation papers by RBI, but ideally, there should also be some kind of a parliamentary uh, discussions around these and. Uh, the bounds of self-regulation slash regulation needs to be identified. Otherwise, like we run into this risk of uh, having a, a growth period, uh, having its own issues, which don't kind of come up. And one day, suddenly it, it kind of becomes too hot and you basically uh, are forced to take uh, stronger actions, which is, uh, is going to put uh, hardship on the industry, hardship on consumers, uh, and it's not uh, a favorable environment for growth either uh, because you kind of postpone the issues of regulations and until a point uh, where it becomes like too critical where it's it's too late uh, for anything to be done and the only thing that can be done is to shut off things. Uh, so I think there has to be some kind of a balance on uh, the regulatory approach uh, and there has to be more transparency from the regulator on so right now, the only regulation which happens is whenever RBI decides to do an audit, that is the only regulatory action, I mean, only regulatory mechanism. It's like, what other regulatory mechanism does this self-regulation enforce? Uh, I mean, specifically to payment slash fintech, RBI has a bunch of compliance norms where uh, the industry participants slash regulatory entities are supposed to uh, furnish data to RBI. But then this does not, uh, this kind of goes into like some kind of a, like a one-way filing where uh, people file things. And if RBI chooses to look into these and then uh, drill down into these and some find some strange things, then it orders into an audit. And then if that audit reports find something, then we land up in a situation like this. And these are like pretty, let's say, manual process. It doesn't happen for every uh, entity. Now, for example, RBI regulates close to 1,300 banks. And if one were to ask if KYC is the issue for only Paytm Bank or the larger ecosystem, the issue is, of course, it's an issue for larger ecosystem and every bank would have few uh, issues around KYC. Uh, but uh, are these getting like reported and uh, followed up uh, is something that we don't know because the regulator does not kind of... Uh, put out data on this as to 
how many entities were audited, how many reports were filed, how many entities were chosen for auditing, how many audit reports got uh, submitted, and then how, how many entities had actions taken on them. So we don't even have this data. We just have, let's say, uh, a series of press releases in a year uh, saying RBI has taken action X on entity Y uh, for material supervisory concerns. Uh, there, uh, there has to be better transparency than this. Right. I mean, better transparency and also, I think, a more, uh, I think, a deeper regulatory capacity, whether you call it self-regulation uh, or a, a more traditional form of regulation, I think the capacity needs to be more and there needs to be further debate on the self-regulatory uh, mechanisms uh, for the fintech sector as a whole. Thank you so much, Srikanth, for joining us and for sharing your uh, insights and observations on this topic. Pleasure talking. Thank you, Satish. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.